I don't regret rewatching the newsroom, but I think literally only because I got to watch it. With oh. Everybody, we're sorkin' in it. Watching the newsroom, please take just a minute. It's a podcast. Aaron Sorkin might choose about Will and Mackenzie making the news. You're sorkin' in it. That was a theme song. This is a podcast, and I am a host. Me too. Oh, good. Good, good. Hey, Lex, how are you doing? I am doing very well. How are you? I'm doing fine. You should say, I'm doing well, Brian. That way people will know who's who. Oh, because you're Brian. I get it. Yeah. Well, I uh, I would say I'm doing well for a variety of reasons, and I am not sad that we are ending our watching of the newsroom. I'm not sad that it has come to an end. It's true. It uh, it we, we finished. We, we went through all of season one. Of the newsroom, which was uh, uh, plenty of episodes. And then uh, season two was a tiny bit shorter. And here we are. Season three, episode six is the last episode of the newsroom. But is it the last episode of Sorkin in it? No. Okay. Thank goodness. This episode, Brian, it is the series finale. And that's also the third season finale. And uh, we cover a couple things. Charlie's funeral. You called it. We go way back in time to pre-pilot to understand what led to the events of the pilot and then the launch of Newsnight 2.0. We figure out what's happening with Maggie and Jim. And of course, uh, we have a pregnancy subplot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, Brian, what was uh, what was your overall take on this series finale? You pinned me down on my take last time. I, w- I want to hear your, your, your vibes. I thought it was somewhere between fine and fine minus. That was my analysis. (laughs) Like, it was fine. It wasn't bad. It certainly wasn't the worst newsroom. (laughs) There have been plenty of those. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Plenty of the worsts. But this one was somewhere between fine and uh, uh, some lovely moments and then some real mediocre stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I I felt a little kind of cloying by the end of it. It was was just kind of like a... It, It definitely went out on a whimper. We can say that. Um, yeah, but you know, I was listening back to last week episode cause I was doing some editing and I think you said something like, oh, you know, I think there'll be a funeral cause Sorkin loves funerals. And I said, yeah, if it's a funeral, it'll be just like a tiny little part of the episode. <laughs> boy, were you right? <laughs> and boy, was I wrong? Uh, it, I get one right statement per season of this show, so mm-hmm. I'll mm-hmm. take it. Um, yeah, I don't know. We, we, we luxuriate in the funeral the only thing that surprised me was we didn't get more cuts to old cast members because that's it's always yeah. a place where sorkin in finales loves to bring in a lot of cast members and at a funeral scene you'll tend to see a lot of cast members but boy uh the the recap was fascinating to me because it went all the way back to the pilot yeah uh i'll also say what kind of day has it been a, a season finale or series finale title that sorkin has used many times i don't get it it's a weird title <laughs> it doesn't work for me but this is a rich person's private funeral it's, Holy uh, smokes, I, yeah. there were a lot of NBLs. It was nothing but limos. That's mm-hmm. my new acronym <laughs> I just made up. Um, but I appreciated that both Jane Fonda and BJ Novak were at the funeral. That, yeah. that was something. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of open up with a song being played, uh, or like a, a hymn where everybody's singing along and you get to kind of hear everybody's singing voice. Did you know that? Uh, well, Is that everybody a who one? was singing. No, I don't think I've heard that at a funeral before. And I've been pl- to plenty of, um, this was an Episcopalian funeral. I don't know if I've been to an Episcopalian funeral, but I've been to plenty of uh, religious funerals. Haven't heard that one. Do you yet. know what 
what pronouns that him uses him him uh so (laughs) (laughs) it's weird to me that Mackenzie's like hey this is the right time for me to take a phone call right and she she even mentions on so this the hymns going we're in mid-funeral obviously Mackenzie's like out on the porch of the church and she even says something like no it's okay I called you so she like decided this is the best time for me to go call my doctor weird really weird and uh it's during this call I think it's. I think we know definitively by the end of the call, but it becomes increasingly apparent to me that we're supposed to know at least uh, that good old Mackenzie is pregnant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Way to go. Uh, maybe Will's a little old to becoming a first-time dad, but what do I know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, Brian, we flash back. Three years ago. To stuff. Some of it, I, I couldn't tell if we had seen it or if we had seen some of these scenes adjacently. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe some of them were just full-on repeats. They certainly had some of their old hairstyles and, and looks. Yeah. But Will was forgetting who Maggie was and who Neil was. He was fighting with Don. I forgot that Don started as the producer of, of Me too. Newsnight with Will McAvoy. And uh, boy, season one, Will sucks. Yeah. <laughs> He's a real <laughs> jerk. He does. He's a total jerk. Uh, and it, it does help us see how far of growth he's made and i guess everybody's done a lot of growing uh but especially well um and boy char i guess charlie did some growing too because he hates the show and he but i what this whole episode does is show that charlie was the person holding the strings the whole time he put everything in motion he set up all the dominoes and then he knocked over the first couple dominoes and so that as a construct around this whole episode is not something i'm like super into it kind of takes a little bit of the agency away from Will's growth and everybody else's growth if we just see that Charlie was was pulling the strings every all along. So I, it doesn't it, it rings hollow for me. Interesting, interesting. I mean, I didn't have quite that same feeling, but I understand what you're saying. Like, I I was mad at myself that I didn't realize that of course it would be both a funeral episode and a flashback episode because Sorkin loves to show the dead person in their funeral episode. Yeah. Um, Sometimes as a ghost, but sometimes as memories. Uh, sometimes as both, in the case of Mrs. Lanningham. Um, but uh, I, I, what I liked, I liked this Charlie. And the, what I liked about this Charlie was he hates Newsnight but loves Will. Mm-hmm. Like, they have a very strong friendship even back then when Charlie knows that Will is not doing his best work and that the show could and should be better. And I liked that aspect of him where they're still having fun. Uh, it's... There were several things I liked in these early flashback scenes. One was just this, I don't even know what poignant political sentiment we're trying to express when Will McAvoy, speaking for Sorkin, says, it's a website, it doesn't have integrity. Uh, I don't know why Sorkin hates the internet so much. Um, Also, did you notice how Will McAvoy ended the episode of Newsnight that we saw in those flashbacks? I totally did. It was straight out of sports night. You're watching Newsnight on ACN, so stick around. That's just like Sporks Night. I read into that too much, thinking like, what is Sorkin saying about early Newsnight that he, because he's kind of trying to paint it in a bat with a bad brush, but he's using uh, his own phrasing from a show that was actually quite good, Sports Night. So I don't know. My read was the show wasn't taking itself seriously enough. Sports Night was intentionally funny. It was the show within the show was funny. But I, my read was, Will's, Will's not taking this seriously. He's he's treating it like it's a sports show when it should be something more. I don't know. Um, 
then there's that exchange where you know they're going to drive home the pregnancy because they ever thought of kids <laughs> and charlie says yeah or charlie's like when she's asking the question I don't know, ad- adopting abducting i thought that was funny it worked <laughs> for me uh, but it was funny to me that will at charlie's funeral is having these fond memories of Charlie telling him, hey, your current show sucks and you should have kids. <laughs> How poignant. How poignant <laughs> a set of memories. Uh, then another classic Sorkinism, Brian. Will has appointed himself, maybe not for the first time, in charge of morale. Yeah, no, this is... Uh, he did it a couple times earlier when he was trying to boost morale. He did it at the at White the House office. Correspondence Dinner? Yeah, yeah it might have yeah. been around then. Another popular Sorkinism was a nice service. People always say it was a mm-hmm. nice service after... Weddings or funerals in Sorkin shows. I guess it was. I liked seeing Jim and Maggie holding hands at the funeral. That felt nice to me. It's just, it's cute to see them back as a couple now. Now that we had to get over the awful episode of them actually getting together. They're together now. I'm into it. Oh, I still wasn't. I was still missing Hallie. <laughs> and Jack. I miss Jack. I miss Jack too. Uh, but I also wrote down that I liked that they were holding hands. And that I, I really did like Leona in this episode. Oh, <laughs> just, yeah. Just she's the real machiavelli in this but she says to pruitt slash bj novak mac and mackenzie and i are gonna ride with you and mackenzie's like i don't know why this is happening <laughs> loved it all and pruitt just takes it too he's just like with, with, with me uh, okay yeah that's how you know he's new he's new money he still doesn't know how to just stand up for himself sometimes uh also it's weird that so maggie and jim do hold hands jim Tells Maggie he recommended her for a job in D.C. And this is a storyline that then feels super telegraphed to me once again where, oh, she's yeah. at some point going to be like, wait, you thought that I should have a job far away? And then they kiss. And I'm like, you're just at a funeral for a person who you, in theory, love and respect. Like, let's let's be sad for a minute. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think you make out in the limo post-funeral. That's my feeling. <laughs> um, but my favorite made-up brand in this episode was, of course, Quench. Quench with a K. It's personalized soft drinks. For a personalized world. I don't know what that means. No. Uh, I just, I really loved it. I really loved it. Um, and then we get more flashbacks, Brian. Before we get to that flashback, um, there was a, a a very Sorkin kind of conversation in the limo where Leona's telling Pruitt, you've got a problem about pay gap. And they're kind of trying to dive into that. Right. The whole time, Mackenzie's like, I don't know why I'm here. But then she just like can't understand the soft drink. And so every now and then it would, it would go back to her and she'd be like, is it like a can of cola with your initials on it? And he's like, no. And then, <laughs> but never explains what it is. Nope. <laughs> uh, in that moment. But yes, you're right. That is, it, it is very, and that, that to me was like a joy part of the episode yeah. because yeah. that felt like just Sorkin writing about dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I, so, since you and I both have watched the show once before, I certainly didn't remember where it was going, Mm-mm. but I immediately had the sense when she wants Mackenzie in the car, she's going to say, oh, you should put Mackenzie in Charlie's old job because yeah. somebody just died and somebody needs it. Like it didn't, I think it was meant to be a surprise, but it didn't feel very surprising to me. It felt like that's probably what they're going to do. Um, and that's what they did. Spoiler. Uh, All right. Flashback. But so in this, in our next flashback, we're at the bowling alley with Mackenzie and drunk and in sweatpants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And Charlie wants to hire her. Um, and then I don't know. Sloane and Don are fighting about Will's crappy questions and his weak questions in covering the twenty four series finale. I don't know. It was. It was. I, I didn't get the point. Mm-mm. We already know the show used to suck. Yeah. Now we're just rehashing a story we've already been told. And I, I didn't get the point. Mm-hmm. There's a few moments, and maybe we can, if we discover more of them as we go through, it, that that, uh, that ring this same way where it's like, we, we are running out of time to tell a story in this entire series. 
and we keep telling a lot of the same kind of beats and we we i just feel like we're kind of wasting time and it feels like this is so such an oversimplification but it feels like uh an encapsulated version of the problem of the newsroom which is that it has great characters and it has very strong dialogue writing but it doesn't have a lot to say in terms of plot like it doesn't have great storylines and a lot of storylines that we go deep on aren't that fun to watch aren't that interesting yeah like and now we're just recycling old storylines. The the big thing that I feel like we learned in this flashback is Mackenzie knew about the question that that college student was going to pose to Will before it happened. Yep. And she made it happen because she had a tip about how to be first in line at the microphone. I'm very curious what her tip is to be first in line at the microphone. It's probably sit near where they put the microphone and jump up as soon as they start to say that the people are going to line up. Yeah. What else could it be? elbow people watch the clock and line up uh before they tell people to line up that that's my guess right so she made it happen i we never get to did she also make it happen that somebody else was wearing the same clothes as she was and kept on trading (laughs) seats with her from the pilot you might remember that dear listener i'm sorry if you do (laughs) oh and the other news we get in this old episode was that sloan was going to ask out don way back in the pilot oh right uh, right he was with maggie which you should have known um i did like is overstating it, but I appreciated this the subplot of Don and Sloane each worrying to Will that they were the ones who harmed Charlie and caused mm-hmm. Charlie's mm-hmm. death by heart attack. Yeah, all the way to the point where Don goes and confesses to uh, Charlie's widow, who was um, the Roger Sterling's wife. <laughs> oh, yes. She she did not show up in the previous episode yeah. where she was credited, but she shows up in this one, which was mm-hmm. exciting. Mm-hmm. And she was great. Holy smokes. Uh, yes. Uh, total A-lister in that in that spot, which was great. But um, we get. Yeah, I loved his confession to her. And, and just that that one felt a little more heartfelt, whereas the, yes. them confessing uh, in the car, um, I think they were confessing to Will uh, that they yes. were the ones who did it. Uh, that felt a little just more silly newsroom stuff, which is fine. So we get a a shot of jim practicing guitar which i didn't understand because he was clearly better than the lesson he was listening to it made Mm -hmm. no sense no i didn't know if it was like bad post-production work where they put in poor instructional thing he doesn't need that instruction date so Mackenzie has decided yeah she's gonna go with charlie and she goes to get jim i like that it's a freshly broken up jim (laughs) she talks about don quixote (laughs) and like okay so this is this is how the band got together or got back together and then, then we get, I guess, Will's funniest moment of the episode. Yeah. When he has now decided he needs to live forever. <laughs> right before he puts a cigarette into his mouth. And then he realizes he immediately quits smoking. He gets slapped. He tells them, like, you got to <laughs> yell at me anytime I'm doing anything unhealthy. And then, of course, they all realize, mm-hmm. oh, Mackenzie must be pregnant. And he's like, no, I'm probably not supposed to have told that. But he hadn't said it was on background. He hadn't gone off the record. So I'm sorry, Will. <laughs> These are the rules of journalism. That, it's public. That was a nice moment, though, because the way that they realized was just they gasped, you know, uh, and no one said it. No, no one. And and the and of course the guy doesn't pick the, it of up. Of course, the the tropi- tropiest situation there with the the dude not even getting it at all and just mugging for the camera. But uh, everybody else is just kind of does that kind of charming little gasp, and he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then what I thought was a really the show never really did great by women but mm-hmm. this jim maggie sloan moment where sloan's trying to get jim and maggie to talk through this fight and why he did or didn't recommend her but did sloan put you up to this well she's watching i can see her in the mirror right now like is is sloan an idiot does sloan not know how reflective services work like it's just dumb <laughs> just 
totally disrespectful of sloan mm-hmm. as a character dumb didn't like it i liked one moment in that actually tell me after they after, after sloan just admits that she's a part of this whole conversation and they're like uh they're having this whole conversation about like the motivation for recommending someone for a job and it's just like give me a break this is dumb uh and and sloan just points it out she says i'm brokering this thing because we're all tired of the two of you just missing such easy shots like get together stop making this a stupid sitcom plot and just work it out and have a regular conversation that was kind of something that could have happened years ago really but uh the fact that they're finally just going ahead and having the real conversation that they needed to have was important and uh didn't feel quite as stupid although maggie just trying to distance herself from it uh all of that was just ultra stupid yeah i don't know i they made me they found ways to make me like maggie less which also bums me out so we've got uh we get to go back to leona harassing bj novak with confused oh, I'm, all, I'm all there for that those are fun and uh, this is when i wrote down she's clearly going to tell him to make Mackenzie the new charlie and don the new Mackenzie, which is true it is what he said to do but not mm-hmm. what they did um and then neil comes back and hacks all their computers or something <laughs> i don't know what a waste what a what a shame for neil like that this is his way back in uh hacking from his phone kind of cool i guess but like Neil should have had a better uh, re-entry into this show. And then he's like, okay, we're going to take the website down for a week. We're going to take a... Like, can you imagine if you went to CNN.com and like, we'll be back next week? What the hell are you talking about? Taking the site down for a week. Uh, take down the section you hate. Take down the stalker section. Okay. But like, you're, st- you're still news. I don't know. Um, And then that's when we, we meet Charlie's widow and it's the West Wing lady and... I was very happy. She was yep. nice to see. Yep. I, I agree with you. I did like that moment with Don. And she also, she I, I, there's a plot point I don't really understand. <laughs> um, or I understand, but I think it was not well earned. Yeah. yeah. She has a gift for Don that Charlie wanted her to have or wanted him to have or she wants him to have. I don't know. Somebody wants him, Don to have this thing. And it's a necktie of Charlie's. Was a necktie of Charlie's a key plot point at any point? Like, was it a memorable tie? I didn't recognize it as a Charlie tie. He... I mean, Charlie wore bow ties. No one else wore bow ties. Okay. It's kind of like a a charming thing about him, but it's not Was like the gift a, a bow tie? Was it a bow tie in the gift? It looked like a, a hand-tied bow tie, right? Got it. Okay. Uh, but I didn't get a... Uh, it's not like he's passing the torch of, of of that. And if anything, he would have been passing the torch to Ma- uh, Mackenzie. So, no, I don't really And then later, it. right near the end of the episode... Don gives Sloan the tie and lies that it was for her. Yeah. Right? Like, it made no sense to me. I hated all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like, I liked getting to see Will interact with kids shortly after finding out he was going to be a father. Yeah, that and was cute. Then I, I, then I hated a moment that came later. But he's like, <laughs> uh, he he's acting like he doesn't know that they are Charlie's grandkids. And mm-hmm. one kid says, you know we are. And then Brother Bo, the musical prodigy, is in the garage playing music. The song That's How I Got to Memphis, which I think you mentioned had come up earlier. Yeah. Uh, I thought this whole thing was dumb. Jim walks in and starts playing along. He also just knows the song. Mm -hmm. The little boy is a good drummer. Then Jim is harmonizing. He just knows the harmonies. Yeah. Then Gary shows up and he plays, I believe that drum is called a cajon. So I don't know what happened to the boy because he was playing the drum before. Um, My notes on this scene were I didn't like it. The kid who played Bo basically never did any acting ever again, although I did find him on LinkedIn. (laughs) 
And uh, the kid who played the other son, Ned, or the other grandson, hasn't acted since 2019. Mm. So I thought you should know. I thought uh, the kid who played Ned was probably a better actor than the kid who played Bo. This this scene felt like it was just trying too dang hard. Uh, and it oh was... Oh my gosh, yes. It was not paying off. Like, I, I just... I like I like Will being a lovable uncle, you know, kind of in that role. And I like to see him being a little bit of a parent. And he's clearly a natural with these people. Whereas when we saw him in a three years ago flashback where he just like hates other people, like he is so much softer and level, more lovable as a person. Yeah. But the moment he picked up the guitar and they all decided to play and everybody gathered around the garage, it was just uh, like I, I felt like they were trying to sell me something i didn't want to buy and the fact that they plant the seeds earlier in the seat in the with the flashbacks of saying oh you know Bo is in a garage band and these he's a savant he can play all a bunch of different instruments and it's like uh, chekhov's garage band <laughs> no right and jim plays guitar we now know that <laughs> like, yep, come on. yep and i was not this doesn't make it any better if anything it makes it worse i had i started telling myself this whole story that maybe um Jeff Bridges, is that the actor's name? Daniels. Jeff Daniels, thank you. Jeff Bridges, something else. I knew it wasn't right. That's why I stopped myself. Jeff, I imagine like Jeff Daniels saying, "Hey, can I play guitar again in another episode? Like, can I play guitar in the finale?" Like, I imagine maybe that's <laughs> like maybe you're like, "Well, if I'm forced to do it, how do I do that?" But uh, it did not feel real to me. It's not the way like grown people behave at a funeral. I I appreciate that like if the kid is in there noodling around, but like you ask him what he wants to play. I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't like it. Didn't like it. Didn't like it. It did not work for me. The ADR on the music was also so bad. Like the moment he started singing, it was like a different Jeff Daniels from a different era in his life. It just it, felt- it was actually Jeff Bridges <laughs> singing. That's the crazy thing. I checked the credits in Call Sheet by Casey Lewis. I mean, you and I are watching uh, rewatching Back to the Future these days, and it's it was yeah just like Michael J. Fox playing Johnny B. Good. It was like a completely other person. <laughs> Maybe not that bad. Okay. okay, I didn't think it was that bad. Because I thought it still sounded like it. I, th- I thought it still was voiced by him. I believe it was but, him. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that scene did not work. It When you say cloying, that's the scene that I think of more than anything. It was just ridiculous. Uh, didn't like it. Um, and then, what a shock, Brian. We discover Mackenzie is the new head of ACN. Whoa. Whoa. Bombshell. And the new executive producer of Newsnight, Jim. And Jim's like, it should be Don. I think he's earned having it back again. And she's like, well, I offered it to him first, but he wants to stick at 10 p.m. because he's doing so well there and he thinks he can make something of it. And Jim at no point says, so I'm your second choice, which is what I would have said. (laughs) Everybody's thinking it. Good for you, Jim. Um, Also, shouldn't Don want to be on the show that's not with his girlfriend? I don't know. Yeah. Shouldn't he want the big show? I don't know. Whatever. Um and now Jim's like, I'm going to promote you, Maggie, which is also sketchy. This network is sketchy as hell. They need to bring back HR guy. Needs a bit. We need to get Wyatt in here right away to clear all these promotions. And Maggie says, you know what? I'm still going to interview for the job, which I think is great. I think I you like should it. interview for jobs. I think yep. it's a good skill set. And like, if they end up in a long-distance relationship, she's like, have you been in long-distance relationships before? Yeah, they all fail. And she says, why is this long-distance relationship different? And Jim says, without any hesitation, I wasn't in love with them. I like that. That works. I like that too. I like they got me. It's fine. They didn't overplay that one. And then just a bunch of crap to end the episode. Don gives Sloan the tie and says it was for her, which it wasn't. So that's a great relationship built on lies. There was a funny line in there where he's like, So we're all landing up back on our feet, except for you killing Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you get Mackenzie being weird about the new job. 
Like mm-hmm. I have this job because somebody forced the issue. Everybody has the job. Somebody forced it. Somebody said that person gets the job. Like get over it. And then it, I get what they're going for. It ends with, it's just another day covering the news. It's yeah. just another day of the news. But to me, again, like you said, it was a whimper. <laughs> I'm, like I, I almost always get emotional at the end of a series, even if it's a series I'm rewatching. Like I, it, something about it always reminds me of. I've talked about this on my daily podcast. It reminds me of mortality and and the fragility of life. Like things end, mm-hmm. and this one I was like, okay. Good riddance. Like, on to the next one. Like, it just did not affect me. And I think there was meant to be some power, some quiet power in, now we're just going to keep covering the news. Mm-hmm. Like, the news must go on. And I was like, yeah, doesn't work. Doesn't work for me. <laughs> not buying it. I mean, I buy they keep covering the news. I just, I just think it was, I thought it was weak. A weak ending. Yeah. There, Somebody else should have died, is what I'm saying. No, I'm just kidding. It's not quite like, um, you know, Bartlett putting on his jacket and saying, what's next? You know, it's... Right. It was. Um, I want to be clear. That's not how the West Wing ends, but that's fine. That's fine. It's true. It's not how it ends. Uh, I, I can't remember. Was it Santos who said what's next? Then Santos says what's next, and then we cut to the president and the first lady, the ex-president now and first lady on the plane, and she says, "What are you thinking about, Jed?" And he says the episode title, which is "Tomorrow." Ah, Pretty that's good. good. Pretty good. That's powerful. That does it. For you can't me. can't make them all that way. Um, yeah, I don't know. What are you thinking about, Will? The news. See that. <laughs> <laughs> like why couldn't we have somebody pick up on a yellow headline or something like yeah give me, give me some kind of callback yeah uh, and i feel like they ended season two better than they ended se- the the series yeah because which that, clearly they felt that it was going to be the finale yeah and that does end with uh with maggie clicking on the news alert that just feels like okay the, the whole everybody's in their right places and they're they're starting to move forward this one felt like maybe it's because they spent so much time just getting us to episode one with all of the um the flashbacks and stuff uh yeah. that it felt like it was more of a let me just explain how we got here uh the kind of thing that you could have in the middle of a series um if you're kind of wondering how the team got together uh doing it way at the end it did feel just like a whimper i'm happy for uh, will and mac though having a baby together good for them i love babies yeah i uh i love older kids but no i'm happy for them having a baby i love people having babies uh and then i interact with those babies when they're older but i i don't know it feels like nobody was in charge of morale for this episode <laughs> it was just <laughs> i i i really expected more and uh, was disappointed but that's okay yep um i i don't regret re-watching the newsroom but i think literally only because i got to watch it with you oh i think if i watched it on my own i would have stopped if it was just for said. the heck of it i would have abandoned it like I said, I don't regret watching the newsroom. I just wish I didn't have to do it with you. So I'm glad you did the, the nicer way. Yeah, no, I did the sincere way. I'm a sincere person. I am in charge of morale. <laughs> anyway, Brian, I think you and I should start playing a song together. Okay. Now. That's how I got to Memphis, and Memphis means home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Brian. What's your overall take? What's your overall take on the series? You know, um, it wasn't malice level of of bad. Uh, there were Fair. totally some high points. I loved some of the relationships. I loved the long arc of Don going from unlikable to uh, really fun and funny. Um, you know, it, it wouldn't make sense for Sorkin to throw another uh, couple seasons behind this idea. Uh, I'm, I'm glad it ended. And so I'm, I'm ready to move on to the next thing, I suppose. And have we decided what we're watching next, Brian? Do we know? We do. We do. Um, you know, I don't know if we need to take a break or anything. Uh between seasons or anything i know one thing is for sure 
you're going to have to rewrite a theme song. That's going to be oh, no. the biggest challenge. Oh, no. And what, what will that theme song be about, Lex? Uh, well, it'll be about the podcast Sorkin, which you're listening to right now. <laughs> well, you are hosting right now. And uh, our next Sorkin series will be, drumroll please, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. All right. Live from Hollywood. Uh, and in honor of Studio 60, a, a show within a show that's broadcast live, we'll be recording each episode live to tape, just like <laughs> we do with this podcast. Um, no editing. That's right. Uh, I don't know. I uh, may- maybe we'll take a short break. I don't know. It really just been on our calendars. But I'm I'm excited to cleanse my palate. And boy, am I hoping that Studio 60 is a better experience than the newsroom. I recall liking it. I know there's one episode that I got really annoyed by, uh, but I I recall liking the show. So hopefully this will go better than the newsroom did. I maintain optimism. Uh, for one, even the bad episodes are uh, are ones that you and I get to talk about, and so it's th- that oh, is great. So sweet. And uh, gosh, what a heck of a cast at Studio 60. So we, we've got some some real keepers in there. I'm looking forward to that. And you have seen it before, right? Once, right when it came out. Yeah. So I think it's possible I've seen it twice. I think I once did a rewatch. I have a friend of mine who really doesn't like, well, he doesn't like the newsroom and he doesn't like Studio 60, but he loves the pilot of Studio 60. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Pilot, one of my least favorite episodes of Studio 60, but we'll get to that. Ah, excellent. This may be overstated. I hate... The I hate anytime Sorkin paints himself into the corner of writing things that are explicitly meant to be jokes or meant to be comedy, uh, and then they're not funny. And if I recall correctly, pilot of Studio 60, he finally gets inspiration. Matt Albee, played by the late great Matthew Perry, writes a, an opening sketch or a cold open or something that's parodying the Pirates of Penzance, modern major general. Oh, no. And if I recall correctly, it is super not funny despite being played as if it's very funny and i hate that Mm. uh but anyway we have finished the newsroom we're so grateful that you came along this journey with us dear listener we're sorry if you found it as dull as we did (laughs) not the podcast (laughs) the show Uh, but yeah here we are uh, we want to thank you, as always, for sorking in it with us. We encourage you to check out the incomparable.com slash members. You know all this. You got through the mm-hmm. whole newsroom season. Mm-hmm. You know what we want. Y'all are pros. And, uh, Total pros. Uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. I guess right here. And uh, I'll be with Brian Warren. And I'll be with Lex Friedman. See, now we got it. Hey.